0: Five seconds. He's going to throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown. Carolina back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back, spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And it's (laughs) Power
1: with a
0: 54-yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They
1: do it. Here's Cupack. Give him up, Dana. He's gonna he back again. it. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unreal. Jordan back to kick. It's blocked again. Picked up. It'll be a touchdown, Carolina, for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt and scores his second touchdown of the season. It's 14 to 13. Mr. Jordan meets Mr. Walker.
0: Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side, Gio at the 35, Gio, he's at the 50, no he's not,
1: yes he is, Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown, are you kidding me?
0: This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com. Hey guys, and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta back with you guys as always. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Mac Brown because there was an interesting article that was posted by uh, our guy Brandon Marks over at the Charlotte Observer, and we were able to get him on the line today. And he's here with us. Hey, uh, Brandon, how's it going, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on, Anthony. I appreciate you.
0: Well, one of the big storylines in this area has been Mac Brown coming back to Carolina, and you know, I mean, he would—he's been in town a few times here. Um, was here for the uh, Rams Club members meeting that they had, and then, of course, was back here uh, just a couple of weeks ago for um, you know, just like an introductory press conference that they do for the game against South Carolina. And uh, you know, you were—you know—one of the guys. There's been a couple of articles that have come out but you did a great in-depth article that really looked at everything that has gone on um, you know with the Mac Brown situation and so I just have to ask you first off you know what was your initial reaction when you saw that the Tar Heels had let go of Larry Fedora and then decided to make as quick of a decision as they did with hiring Mac Brown back
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing when you think back to the decision to get rid of Larry was... When, when the time came that he needed someone to vouch for him, uh, I don't think he had had anyone. I don't think that he built himself any friends. You know, at that point there was nobody in the high school ranks in North Carolina, nobody in the media, uh, nobody who would really vouch and say, "Hey, you know, Larry's a good guy. Let's give him another year." I, I don't think that he ever fully uh, established those connections as strongly as he needed to during his time in Chapel Hill, and I think that ultimately came back to bite him when he, he probably could have been given another chance to try and uh, work through some the injury issues and suspensions and other things the team has had the past few years. Um, but as far as Mac is concerned, when I first heard the hire, I, I wasn't surprised with the quickness of it once I heard that it was Mac, only because uh, it, it, he comes in as the exact opposite of Larry in that regard. So even though Mac has been gone for 20 years or so, he's already coming into a situation where he has better relationships with the high school coaches than Larry Fedora did. So that definitely stands for something. And I think that when you look at what the boosters are wanting, they want stability. They want something where we don't know if we're going to be an eight win team or a two win team. They don't want that. They want something that's reliable. Mac is reliable, even if he's not as flashy as, as the next Mac Brown, which is what I heard a lot of people asking for. Uh, he's still a great coach. He's going to be consistent.
0: Uh, and that's something that North Carolina and its boosters, especially, really want to make sure that they got. Well, those boosters were one of the more controversial groups of people, I think, around the hire. I think now, is is there a little more comfortability with the hire from the people on the outside with how successful he's been recruiting-wise and how successful he's been putting together a really good staff? Because I feel like a lot of people on the surface really just said, you know, this was a booster hire because they're trying to go back to the old days. But I feel like, you know, with the group that he's got around him and the fact that now he's got... This Carolina 2020 class inside of the top 10 recruiting wise, it might be changing a few people's minds.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, and honestly, you mentioned the recruiting class being top 10 for next year, and that's obviously incredible. Uh, But things will change as far as that's concerned. You know, rankings will adjust themselves and players will commit, and and I think they'll probably fall down a little bit off of that. But still, you know, being in the top 10 for right now, that's obviously great. I'm more impressed, and I think that people in the college football world are probably more impressed with the staff he's been able to build. Uh, Especially you look at Luongo coming in uh, from Ole Miss. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, he's one of the main reasons why UNC was able to go out and land Sam Howell. Uh, you know, Luongo really was was heavy going after Howell when he was at Ole Miss, and, and you know, the Howells basically said, sorry, you know, we, we appreciate you putting so much time in, but we're just not interested in going to, to Ole Miss right now. He comes in, and he's the exact kind of offense that, that Mac wants to run and the exact kind of offense that Howell wants to be playing in. So I think that was a great match. And, and also when you look at the way that college football and offenses are shifting, I think Luongo is one of the people who understands uh, the trajectory of the spread offenses, the trajectory of running quarterbacks, the trajectory of, of really utilizing everything that a quarterback can give you. Um, and he's the guy who he handpicked to sort of run that for him. So I think he's a great hire. Um, Bringing in the strength coach that they did, I, I, pass, I mean, he was so well-respected uh, around the industry just for his, his ability to instill discipline. Um, and, and one of the things that Mac told me in our interview, that didn't quite make it into the story, was, you know... Discipline was one of the biggest issues when you're inheriting a two and nine, a three and nine team. Those players haven't had anybody to really give them that discipline, especially over the summer. Um, And so now you bring in somebody like that who has that reputation, who has that experience, um, and it's gonna pay dividends right away. I think you're gonna see penalties cut down and and a lot more things. So the staff really impresses me and I think is, is one reason why they've been able to turn around recruiting as quickly as they have.
0: Well, I wanna go back to Howell just really quickly because there's a portion in the article where you talk about his recruitment in specific. You know, what was the difference with Mac Brown as opposed to some of the other coaches from, you know, the perspective of his dad? Because I know, you know, it seems like Mac Brown is really that guy that's kind of there for you just by reading the article. He's a guy that's kind of willing to let you tell him, look, you know, there's a better fit for me than Carolina, and he's going to say, okay. Whereas some other coaches are going to say, well, I, you know, continue to try to sell you on it. What what was the real difference from the perspective of Howell when it came to Mac Brown being his recruiter as opposed to some of the other coaches?
1: Right. So, you know, I think the biggest thing with Mac that he does differently is sort of what you're saying is that he he doesn't want to oversell you. You know, he's not going to give you that greasy used car salesman sort of vibe where I'm going to read off the same script to you that I've read off to eight other kids. I'm not going to be going straight from a brochure. Mac is going to walk in and he's going to ask you questions to generally find out, do you fit here? Um, And so, you know, when I was talking to the Howells and doing that part of the story, one of the interesting things was, you know, they mentioned how other schools would come in and they'd sit down in the living room and they'd give you their pitch. And then they'd give you the same pitch two weeks later. And then at the official meeting, they give you the same pitch, and you know it gets repetitive. And they sort of ignore some of the not so nice elements of their schools and whatever. Whereas with Matt, he's coming in, he's saying, "Okay, what are the things that are most important to you?" And and you know Hal says you know maybe it's playing time, maybe it's prestige of the coach, maybe it's being close to home, maybe it's you know uh, top flight competition, maybe it's television you know access, maybe it's NFL draft pedigree, whatever it is. And then he goes, okay, well so you're betwining between us and Florida State and Miami right now. Which of those three is going to give you the advantage in that respective category? So which is the closest school to home? Well North Carolina. And which one has the most prestigious coach? North Carolina, you know, which one has sent the most players to the NFL in the past few seasons, North Carolina, which, you know, and it just sort of adds up and it builds and it snowballs and I think it's more of Mac showing these kids that, you know, you know what you want and you know what we have to offer. Let's help sort through the clutter a little bit. Um, not repeating the message and letting these kids come to the decision on their own terms, uh, I think goes a long way with them and them feeling ownership of their decisions, which is ultimately what what you want them to do and what makes them confident coming into UNC.
0: So talking to Brandon Marks of the Charlotte Observer, he wrote a fantastic article on Mac Brown. Uh, one of the, you know, things that I think... A lot of people may not know about this decision. You know, his wife, Sally, seemed to play a pretty specific role in it. I mean, just from writing the article, did you see that? Was she one of the big reasons that he's back on the sidelines this year for Carolina?
1: Mac Brown is not back at North Carolina, if not for Sally. Uh, I mean, when I when I was doing the story and I got to Coach Thigpen and I gave him a call and he said, you know, Sally's the associate head coach. I mean, he's the head coach, but she's right there making every decision with him. Uh, Mac, I've never heard a coach uh, profess himself so strongly for his wife as I did with Mac. And it was really actually sort of touching, um, you know, just to hear someone who, even all these years later, was willing to put his own career desires uh, career goals that sort of thing on hold just to sort of go with what his wife wanted and and she she very clearly told him what his options were I think it's it's in my story and several others that Mm -hmm. she told him he could go to the Bahamas Hawaii or back to Chapel Hill Uh, and and she's been right there with them the whole step of the way I think her her being back in Chapel Hill has actually been a benefit for Mac. And one of the things he told me in the story was a lot of the times if you're a coach and you go to a new town, um, adjusting can be difficult not for you because you're being integrated on a day-to-day basis, but for your family because they're not they're sort of left to fend for themselves while you get pulled away and thrown into so much work. But with Sally, it's the exact opposite because while he's reintegrating, she's doing the same with all her old friends, joined the same country club. She's gotten right back into the flow of things. And, uh, I don't think that Mac is back. If Sally wouldn't have given me okay, I know that's the case. Um, so she she is a very important figure within that program, just for the sort of influence that that she has over Mac.
0: So if we have learned anything from this interview, it's that we've got to find ourselves a Sally Brown, because clearly you're looking for that woman that's telling you Hawaii, Bahamas, or Chapel Hill. I mean, those are three fantastic options right there. Um, but yeah, lastly, we'll wrap it up. It's it's kind of a a difficult question i think for a lot of people to answer because the expectations are kind of all over this place but when you look at this tenure with mac brown it's supposed to be 5 years what would you deem as success in your mind for, for from this regime and and specifically from mac brown himself if he was to get this team back to bowl games consistently if he was able to get them into a couple of acc championship games you know where on that spectrum are you what, what do you think qualifies as success for mac brown his second time around
1: Right, So, I, I and like you mentioned the expectations for Mac I feel like uh, in reading the takes of various analysts and experts have sort of been all over the place to date um, for, for me I look at this first year and I say if he gets them back to a bowl this year that's a success given everything that this team has had go wrong the past few years and, and the talent that it does bring back because there is clear talent if they're able to get back to a bowl game this year I, I don't see how anyone can say that's not a success Right. this program lost the feeling of hope the last two seasons. I mean, it felt hopeless. It felt like, okay, it was a foregone conclusion going into almost every game that North Carolina is going to lose and they're going to find some embarrassing way to do it in the fourth quarter. And I think that fight with NC State, fight, if you want to put that in quotes, uh, Mm -hmm. I think that sort of punctuated everything. So... In the in the short term, I think you're looking at that getting back to bowl eligibility. eligibility excuse me, but in the long term, you've got to look a little bit bigger. And, and Mac Brown is someone who has true national championship pedigree. He has the most wins of any active coach. He's got almost mm-hmm. twice as many wins as Davos Sweeney. Clemson, which is sort of hard to believe because of how successful Clemson's been lately, um, but that's also how successful Mac is used to being. Even his last few years at Texas, when they weren't competing for national championships, you're still talking about eight and nine win teams. Right. And if you're real net off in Chapel Hill, you, you know, you're doing jumping jacks every single day if you're a booster. <laughs> um, I think eventually we're going to get to the point where this is a team that is consistently able to challenge for ACC championships. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're ever going to be able to truly match the resources and facilities and coaching. Um, that Clemson has right now, especially if some of Clemson's coordinators continue to stay around and uh, and pass up head coaching opportunities, because I think that's sort of the key to, to Clemson's success as well. Um, but I definitely think we could see a situation where North Carolina is finishing the year ranked in the top 15 or 20 of the AP poll every year. They're competing for ACC championships. They're you know they're stealing wins every once in a while from ranked teams um, and, they, and and them being ranked themselves. So you know if you look back to what Larry. Was able to accomplish at his peak um, with that ACC championship appearance. The season thereafter, with Mitch Trubisky being a, a top three draft pick, um, I think that's sort of the standard that Max sets for himself. And I would be surprised if they don't get to the point where they're in the upper upper three or four teams in the ACC year in and year out.
0: Well, I don't think any Tar Heel fans going to argue with that, and that would be a fantastic outlook. Hey, uh, Brandon, thanks for thanks for stopping by, man, and just talking about this article. I thought it was fantastic. You guys, if you want to read it. You can go on to the Charlotte Observer's website, uh, charlotteobserver.com, and check it out. Um, and tell them where they can follow you on Twitter so they can keep up with everything that you got going on
1: appreciate you Anthony yeah I'm on Twitter at Brendan R. Marks uh just my name and middle initials letter R uh we've got a lot of stuff coming out on charlotteobserver.com lots of great stories hope you guys will come check it out and uh looking forward to seeing how this season actually shapes up for Mack in the Heels
0: all right Brendan hey thank you so much man and we'll uh we'll maybe talk to you down the line uh especially if you're out there covering the uh, first game of the season against South Carolina
1: Absolutely. I'd be happy to hop back on. There's going to be a lot of buzz around
0: that one. All right. So we want to thank Brendan Marks of the Charlotte Observer once again. As uh, he mentioned, you can go follow him on Twitter, read everything that he's been writing up for the Charlotte Observer. They do a fantastic overall job covering the Charlotte area when it comes to sports. So go ahead and check out everything they got online at charlotteobserver.com. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. As always, you can find the podcast just about anywhere you can find podcasts the main sites you can find it on Spreaker that's our main host site and then they got it on iTunes Google Play Google Podcasts now, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com, and the TuneIn app. Also, Radio.com app has it. Plenty of places you can listen to the Heel Tough blog podcast. One of the other areas you can listen to it is our website, www.heeltoughblog.com. Just click on the podcast tab, and it will take you there where you can listen to the podcast. Also, that's where the Heel Tough blog is now. If you guys have been looking for it on Medium, it's moved over to its own website, and we've got plenty of great articles up there now we got the offseason series that's going on we're ranking the five tiers of each position group quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end tight end just came out today those are all already up on the website offensive line defensive line linebacker and defensive back will close out the series might also throw special teams in there just depends on timing also we'll be having our scouting list that will be coming out soon again that is tentative depending on things that go on down the line but that will be the tentative list that we'll have in place of the guys that we're going to go check out this year um, when it comes to some of the scouting that we usually do each year for the heel tough blog and also a couple other articles sprinkled in there the weekly storylines we do that every week to help get you guys caught up on some of the major storylines and one of the other features that we have you can check it out on the Facebook page also encourage you guys to go and like and follow the Facebook page also you can go on to Twitter and follow Heel Tough blog on Twitter or if you just want to follow me directly at Future Tar Heel on Twitter and uh, you can find the new no huddle updates that we're going to do each week that'll kind of be like the weekly storylines somewhat similar, but um, it'll be uh, the vocal version of that. And uh, also, uh, there's some other things that we'll throw in there as well. So yeah, check those out. The no huddle updates, they'll come out each Saturday. That'll be the new feature that we've got going on for the Heel Tough blog. So once again, want to thank Brendan for stopping by. Make sure that you guys go online and follow him and uh, thank him for coming on the podcast. We'll put him uh, up here soon and uh, let you guys know anything else that we're going to have going on down the line as we're starting to get into the magazine season so that means that we're going to try to get on Phil Steele um, somebody from Athlon Sports hopefully will stop by and then we're going to ring up our guy Bill Bender from Sporting News see if we can't get him on to talk a little bit of Tar Heel football as we hurdle towards the August 31st matchup in Charlotte that will be in Bank of America Stadium tickets are on sale on GoHeels.com right now if you guys want to check that out um, and you know, we're gonna have some things that are potentially going on. There's something in the works, so keep an eye out on the events tab underneath uh the Facebook page, and never know something might be popping up there pretty soon. So thank you guys for listening, and as always, go tar heels. <laughs>